0: How will he handle these tenants who not only tortured his servant, but killed his son? How's he going to handle it? The forbearance of the owner has ceased. He sent a first servant he, and, and, and some, let some time lapse. He sent a second, service, a second servant and some time lapsed. He sent a third servant and some time lapsed. He sent his son, and they killed him. They killed him. They treated his other servants shamefully. And each servant was treated with more violence. The the next servant was treated with greater violence and greater shame than the previous servant had been. And so now finally, that's it. That's it. The forbearance of the owner has ceased. Decisive action is needed. And these tenants must be held accountable. Well, Jesus doesn't give him long to think about it. Because He tells them exactly what the owner is going to do. He's going to come and destroy those servants and give the vineyard to others. The servants, or the tenants, will be destroyed. Their opportunity to gain the vineyard, and again, the vineyard is the blessings and the hope of living in covenant faithfulness with God. The blessing and the hope of living in covenant faithfulness with God. The tenants are going to be destroyed and their opportunity to gain the vineyard is going to be taken away and given to others. Now, they don't quite, may not quite have understood all this, but that's exactly what's going to happen in the book of Acts. Later on, Is it's the gospel, and, 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 and as, as after Jesus' resurrection and the church is established, eventually a church that is entirely a Jewish church is going to become a majority Gentile church. There's going to come a time when Paul says, from here on, we're going to the Gentiles. We're going to the Gentiles. And you and I today get to experience the blessings and the hope of living in covenant faithfulness to God. Not that we've replaced Israel. We haven't replaced Israel. There's still a, a, a future and a hope for national Israel. It hasn't that we've replaced, but we've been, uh, we've been grafted in and we've been allowed the opportunity of experiencing covenant faithfulness with God. And the crowd understands this. The crowd understands that what is getting ready to happen is going to be horrific. Horrific. Because the crowd reacts in shock and strong denial. When they heard this, they said, verse 16, Surely not. It's two words. It's the same two words that Paul uses in Romans chapter 6. Look at Romans chapter 6 and look at verse 1. What shall we say then? Are we to continue... Well, see, let, let me start up earlier. Let's, let's, let's look at chapter 5 and verse, verse 20. Now, the law came in to increase the trespass. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. Praise God. So that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. No matter how, much, how, far, how deep sin goes, grace goes deeper... And God is glorified. God is glorified. So then Paul says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? So in other words, if we want God to really get glorified, let's sin as much as we can and as as, as depraved as we can so that when we ask God for forgiveness and he grants us, we say glory to God. Look at how gracious God is. Because if, if we're sin abound, grace does much more abound. Then let's go out and really abound in sin so grace can abound. And Paul says, is that the lesson from, from grace? Is the lesson from grace that, 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 that we continue in sin so that grace may abound? And look at his answer. By no means. If you have a King James, it says, God forbid. It's this by no means, God forbid, is the same exact words that is said in Luke chapter 20 by the crowd. Surely not. Surely not. It is a reaction of shock and strong denial. Jesus. Responds to their rejection or Jesus responds to their reaction to the judgment of their nation by getting personal. They say in verse 16, surely not. So what does Jesus do? He responds to their reaction of judgment. Look at what he does. Look, look what Luke says. But he looked directly at them. Jesus did this. Look right here. Look right here. I don't know about you, but I remember when we would correct our kids when they were smaller. We had to say this a lot Look in my eyes. You know, you'd start talking to them and, you know, they'd, you know, they'd do this. No, look in my eyes. Look, look at me. Look at my eyes. We wanted them to make eye. We wanted this right here. This, and that's exactly what Jesus does right here. Jesus does this. He doesn't back down. When they are going, surely not. Jesus locks eyes with them. And he cites Scripture to indict the nation and its leadership. He looks at them and says, What then is this that is written? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? We're not going to take the time, but but I hope you will later. If you read Psalm 118, it is a psalm of national comfort. It is a psalm of national comfort. And Jesus takes this psalm of national comfort and indicts them of unfaithfulness, because of their rejection of God's beloved Son. It's a psalm Psalm of... It's a beautiful psalm of... It's a psalm of comfort. It's a psalm of comfort. And yet Jesus takes verse 22 and He applies it to the nation and He takes this psalm of comfort and He indicts them because of their unfaithfulness and rejection of God's beloved Son. And Jesus, when He does this, Jesus moves the nation of Israel from being on the side of God to being in opposition to Him. You think you have eternal life. You think you're right with Yahweh. You think you're going to experience the blessings of the covenant. But you are in opposition You're not his friend. You're his enemy. And though the judgment of the nation and spiritual leadership is certain, Jesus has let them know, it's certain. There's no turning back. I know what you're planning on doing. I'm the the beloved son that has come. My father has sent me prophet after prophet after prophet after prophet after prophet to call you to national repentance, to call you to individual repentance, to call you from unfaithfulness, to call you from your idolatry, to call you from your covenant unfaithfulness, to call you back to me and you've taken the prophets and you have beat them and you have destroyed them and you have humiliated them and now God has sent His Son and you're going to drag Him out and kill Him. I know exactly what's going on. And don't think that that makes you a friend of Yahweh. You stand in opposition to Him. But though the nation's judgment is certain, and the judgment of the spiritual leadership is certain, individual Israelites need not experience the cost of rejecting Jesus. Verse 18 the imagery changes. Again, in verse, you have the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Again, we're talking about here a foundation stone. It, it was a stone that usually would, uh, was the stone that would bear the weight of, 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 of two walls coming together. It was a primary stone that would bear the weight of, of the building. And, and, and so here we have Jesus, though he changes the imagery now. Because a cornerstone would be part of the foundation. It's hard to fall on a foundation or it's hard for a foundation to fall on you. And he, he changes the imagery from a foundation stone to a significant stone of power and authority. Verse 18, he says, Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces. And when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. It will crush him. So Jesus cha- and he changes the imagery. Jesus is. Jesus is referring to himself as this, that stone, and instead of we, we sing about today the, the rock of ages cleft for me let me hide myself in thee. And, and so, and Jesus is our rock. Jesus, he, he, he's our he's our cornerstone. But Jesus tells the, these folks here that it, that those who reject Jesus, he, he gives, he's given them an opportunity. He says this doesn't every it's, it's for everyone who does this, but but you don't have to be part of that everyone. Everyone who's going to fall on this stone is going to be broken to pieces. And when it falls on anybody, it's going to crush them. Those who reject Jesus are either broken into pieces or crushed into bits. Either way, either way, when the stone meets its rejectors, it's costly and devastating. Either way, whether you fall on it or whether it crushes you. Whether you fall on it or it falls on you, Either way, I mean, broken into pieces, crushed to bits. The idea of being crushed there talks about like, like wheat that's crushed. And, and blow, blow when wind comes, it, it just crushed into fine powder. To fine powder. Now, you would think, again, Jesus, eyeball to eyeball, he's told a parable that is very clear. It has a basis in Isaiah 5. That they all they know, they understand. Israel's been likened to a vineyard. They, they, there, there's no doubt. In fact, Psalm, uh, verse 19 that we read, it tells us. It tells us that the scribes that the, the scribes, and, uh, the scribes and, the, and the and the chief priests know exactly that Jesus is talking to them about him. They know it. They know it. Jesus has locked eyes with them. They know it. But how do these religious leaders respond to this straight talk? And their response just demonstrates to you and to me the depth of our own human depravity. I mean, you sit there and you think, man, if Jesus locked eyes with me, and if Jesus was... You know, reading my letters? Man, I I'd fall on my face in repentance right there. Maybe. But look at how they respond in verse 19. It says, The scribes and the chief priest, they perceived that, that he had told this parable against them. But what do they plan on doing? The scribes and the chief priests sought to lay hands on him at that very I've got to shut them up. How am I going to respond to what Jesus has said to me? I've got, I got to shut them up. I've got to shut them up. I don't want to hear it. I gotta get rid of them. I gotta get rid of them. And that's exactly what people do all the time. The word of God is opened. The word of God is proclaimed correctly and accurately, compassionately. Power of the Spirit. Jesus, the Word of God, locks eyeballs. The Holy Spirit takes the Word of God and it locks eyeballs with us. And we, we know, we know, we know He's talking, we know the Word of God is talking about us. We know the scriptures are, 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 are revealing and opening up what we, think is, what we think has been covered up. But how does he know? How does, how, how does he know? He's exposing us. And instead of falling on our faces in repentance, we've got to shut him up. We've got to shut up. we reject the words of our Savior. That foundation stone becomes a stone upon that will either break us into bits or break us into pieces or crush us into bits. Or crush us into bits. And so I want to close by asking this question. Do you have a relationship with the exalted stone? Or will you fall over the stone and be crushed by? This is a text that is primarily dealing with those who do not know Christ. And I know the majority of you that are listening today know know our Savior. This text primarily, and and, and probably, I mean, it's, it's, it's focused upon those who reject the claims of Jesus Christ. And again, as far as I know, The majority of folks I'm talking to this morning know Christ. You've accepted the claims of Christ. But maybe you haven't. Maybe you've gone through the motions. The question I want to ask you is, do you have a relationship with the exalted stone? Because if you don't, that stone's going to fall on you. That stone's going to crush you. You're going to fall on it, or it's going to crush you. And you may reject Jesus today. But the cost of that rejection in eternity Is a price you do not want to pay. You don't want to pay that price. You don't want to pay that price. And those of us who are believers, those of us who are believers, we can still reject the voice of Jesus. At times, the Word of God speaks to our hearts and exposes areas in our lives that need to be changed and the Word of God locks eyeballs with us. And all we want the Holy Spirit to do is shut up. We've got to shut them up. So we'll look for this to take our mind uh, off of it or look for that to take our mind off of it. And what we fail to realize is that when we do that, we're going to miss out on the blessings of covenant faithfulness. Of covenant faithfulness. If you don't know Christ, this this is a warning. This is a strong warning. This is a clear warning for all those who reject Jesus Christ as their Savior. And I beg you today, if you don't know Christ, quit rejecting Him and accept Him. And when you do, you experience the acceptance of the Father because Jesus bore the rejection of the Father on the cross in order that we might be made acceptable to Him. He took God's wrath on that cross. His greatest suffering was not the physical suffering that He incurred, though it was horrific. It was horrific what He experienced physically. It was horrific what He experienced emotionally. It was horrific what He experienced as a human being. But the greatest pain and infliction and suffering that came upon him was when he drank the full cup of God's wrath for my sin and your sin. He drank it all the way to the end. All the way to the end where he cried out my God my God why have you forsaken me why have you let me put it this way why have you rejected me why why and in the rejection that the son experienced I get to experience acceptance from God when I put my faith and trust in him if you have never done that I want to encourage you to cry out to God today for those of us who are believers that God would help us to see those who don't know Christ as those, it's, it's easy to get angry it's easy to get upset but we need to reward them that there's coming a time this is the day of opportunity this is the day of opportunity there will come a time when God will say no more no more no more and they will be crushed by the stone by the stone let's pray Father thank you for your goodness to us Father help us to see the horrible future that awaits those who do not know Christ Father give us a burden for those give us opportunities to speak to them about the Savior Lord the default response of humanity when confronted with their rejection of the Son is the same response given by the chief priests we need to shut them up we need to shut them up. Father, unless You pull back the curtain of our thinking, unless You change our heart, unless You give us eyes to see the glorious wonder of the Gospel, unless You exercise grace and faith that's not of ourselves but a gift of God, unless You grant that to us, Father, we are una- that's going to be our only response because we are born in rebellion against You. So Father, I pray that You would in Your mercy and Your grace reveal to those today that do not know You as Father because they haven't experienced the salvation that comes through Your Son. Father, I pray that in Your mercy and grace that You would open up their eyes and ears of understanding and help them to see their need today. Lord, help them to to, 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 to quit living in rebellion against You, to quit, to quit living, Lord, in rejection of Your Son. And Father, they would see their need of the Gospel today and, and cry out to You, Father, be, be gracious, be merciful. And Lord, as believers, break our hearts over them because far too often, my heart is way too cold. Far too often, my heart is way too satisfied. Father, help us to look up and to see that the fields are already ripe unto harvest and that every person we see every person we see will either be one which will exalt the stone that was rejected becoming the cornerstone or will reject that stone and either be broken into pieces or crushed into bits and will live and and live for eternity in torment separated from God Father we thank you for your word and we pray Father it would do its bidding today and Lord we pray that for those of us who know you Father that it would help us to see the the foolishness of us rejecting your word rejecting you Lord how that when we do we're behaving as unbelievers Lord, help us to, to walk in covenant faithfulness with you so that we can experience the fruitfulness of, of covenant faithfulness over, over the long haul. As we, as we saw in the video today, Lord, with Mark and Dana. they're not perfect, they're not supermen or superwomen. They have their struggles, they have their problems, they have the sins that they deal with. Lord, we, we see the evidence of a fruitfulness. Over the years. So Lord, help us to long for that as well. And Lord, we thank you for that opportunity that exists. We pray your blessings upon your people. We pray, Father, that you would encourage us this week. And we thank you for the opportunity we've had today of being able to come into your presence and worship. We give you all the honor and the glory. Lord, we pray these things in Christ's name through the Spirit. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. We want to give you an opportunity in a moment to allow the Word of God to to speak to your heart. So we're going to go to the Lord in a time of silence giving you that opportunity to to respond uh, to the Lord uh, so that uh, His Word uh, will have an impact upon your life today. So let's go to the Lord in a time of silence. Father, thank You again for today. Thank You for this opportunity. Lord, we pray that You'd bless Your Word to our lives today, that it might make change. Lord, we just thank You for the good work that You're going to complete, uh, for Your glory, for our good. Lord, we pray these things in Christ's name through the Spirit. Amen. It's been good to worship with you today. Uh, For those of you that are here, anybody want to... Say anything. Uh, we didn't do our confession of praise. I thought about that. We should have done that. Or if you, I know and this. I know some of you really won't want to do this. But but if you'd like to come up here where you can be on camera and maybe say something to the church and just, you know, just let them know that, you know, you think. But but anybody, any word of testimony? anything before we go. Anybody? Okay. okay. Our our benediction today is from the forty sixth psalm, and verses one through three. This is our benediction to you today for you to remember. Remember the fact that God is your refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. And then that phrase, Selah. Think about it. Meditate on it. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. May God bless you. May you have a wonderful week.